Good morning. Welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live. It's Wednesday the 21st of December. I think I got that right because I might have got it wrong yesterday, Sean, but hey, there you have it. I've got a old diary plan on front of me, so that's always a good kind of way to check. I'm Tony Haggerty, a Haggerty 10 Twitter handle, as you all know, and I'm joined today by Sean Martin at Sean Martin TCW. Good morning, Sean. How are you doing? Morning, Tory. Aye, not bad. Not bad. Yourself? I thought for a minute we'd be sitting here saying maybe going for the 12 points of Christmas and all that, but it was not to be, not to be, but not to you're be. on your own race and all that, so all <laughs> ahead for Indeed, we'll uh, talk all things Celtic and Livingston in a minute, but first and foremost, I'll just direct your attention to the ticker tape and the current deal that we have on offer. It's the Celtic Way Merry Christmas deal. And you can get 25% off the yearly rate, the yearly subscription rate, for a limited time only. And that takes it down to £26. Or if you hit the button and subscribe, you can enjoy two months of access to everything that's written on the, the website for a pound. So you can take your choice of two offers. Or as Sean said to me, pull your own Christmas cracker. You can enjoy Two months of full access for a pound or 25% off the yearly price, which takes that down to 26 quid. All for a touch of a button. And you can join us, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. A bargain if ever there was one, Sean. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And the link's in the, the description of the video. It's also on the comments as well. So appreciate all you that have subscribed already. The Black Friday deal, the Christmas deal. We'll have plenty of other things coming up for you as well. Um, but I appreciate it. Yeah, we do. We we really do. We enjoy the interaction. And we'll go stuck into it, Sean. Okay, Celtic now six points ahead in the title race. Yep. Play Livingston tonight to try and re-establish the, the nine-point lead. Uh, as you said there, it could mm -hmm. have been better, but it was not to be. But Celtic, and I think the manager would, would be the first to echo this, they run their own race, they do their own thing. It's all about what Celtic do, isn't it? It is. Aye. Um, that's the benefit of that. I know that that was the kind of mantra last year as well, and, and it was check, the, check the, the table when it gets to May, all that kind of stuff. But the same rationale applies this year. The flip side of it is that it's Celtic that are ahead, so if Celtic can continue to run their own race, then they'll be ahead come the end of the season as well. Last year, that was slightly different because you were almost getting told to run your own race so that you didn't look at the table, so you didn't get disheartened by the yes. by the gap uh, while you were trying to overturn it and you just chip away, chip away, chip away. That's for Rangers to think about this year. Um, as far as Celtic are concerned, if they keep running their own race, then it doesn't matter what Rangers do anyway. Livingston tonight, Sean, the manager yep. was speaking yesterday and he said they, they present their own difficulties and their own challenges and they've posed Celtic problems in the past. 0-0 mm -hmm. draw at Celtic Park. Recently, last season, Jack and Marcus missed a penalty at Al, and we've spoken about that. But they do, they do seem to play a certain way, as the manager said, and yeah. you know they don't deviate from that, and and they're very good at it. They're, they are good at it. Uh, I suppose this goes back to the Aberdeen debate from the other day in terms yes. of ends justifying the means. I would say the way that Aberdeen played on Saturday is slightly different, as Ange Postecoglou mentioned, from the way that. Livingston will play defensively because with Joe Newb Newbley up front and, and even before he was there, even when they played Andrew Shinney up front, they kind of at least tried to take advantage of when they had the ball, whereas on Saturday I don't think Aberdeen even tried that. So I think David Martindale will set them up in that in much the same way, probably a 5-3-2 like he played at Almondville um, earlier in the season, although Celtic won 
comfortably that day. Yes. Um, and I think tail end of last season, he went for it at the back, but in practice, the way that the game plays out, it ended up it was probably five anyway. So I think I I think there's there's no doubt that that's the way that they'll play. Uh, at Parkhead, it's a different proposition from a tight ground like Almondvale as well, is what I would say. Uh, but what you say is there, the 0-0 draw is actually the, I think, from the seven games that they've played to each other at Parkhead since Livingston get back in at the top flight, three of them have been 0-0. So yeah. Livingston are well-versed in going to Parkhead and getting something. Yeah. But that said, when they don't manage to keep the clean sheet, it's very rare that you'll see anything other than a dominant Celtic win because there's been a 6-0, a 3-0, a 3-1, yes. I think the other one's a 3-2, but you get what I'm coming from. If they kind of keep that door shut at Parkhead, which is a, an absolute task, um, then I, I fancy Celtic to get a couple. Yes, indeed, it's all about what Celtic do tonight. And on that note, yourself and myself have picked our predicted 11s. Yep. And Andrew will just make a mockery, obviously, later on. We're <laughs> a completely different uh, team, but... We always have a go at uh, being Ange Postacoglu, don't we, Sean, for every yep. game? And uh, I think you have the predicted 11s to hand. Uh, yep, I'll throw yours up first. But there's only one one difference, is that right, anyway? Um, I think so, yeah. I brought back Haksabanovic for Maida. Mm-hmm. But my biggest dilemma was the Kyogo Jakimakis quandary. I think Aidan went with Jakimakis, didn't he? Aidan um, did go with Jakimakis, yeah. yes. I... I thought that he might just let him try and play through because he was out of sorts on Saturday, wasn't he, Kyogo? Missed I, I mean, he missed, he missed a good chance. Yeah. As we've said, he's, he's liable to miss a good chance anyway. But yeah, I think yeah, he, got, yeah. he got into that position. It was a really good ball from Abada, which is a spoiler alert for my uh, predicted 11. But I don't <laughs> think he was massively off the boil as much as he never got yeah. much time and space in the box. But that said, when he did get it, he missed it. So yeah. that that's what sticks in your head. And um, uh, I and wrestled I, with the Abada quandary as well, bringing him back in because I thought he was very, very good. You know, put you the first. I'm I'm not perturbed if uh, George's Jackamakis starts. Mm-hmm. I I may I that team. The other the only other change I would make is Jackamakis for Kyogo. So if it's Jackamakis for Kyogo, then I've lost it on the toss of a coin, basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, and I. He did say Haksabanovic was fit, and I just like Haksabanovic. I don't know about Dowler on Abada. I thought Celtic were very good when Abada came on. Saturday they offered more offensively, so he might have played himself into the, the starting lineup. But I just uh, which is where that. my lineup comes in. Aye, which is your lineup, yeah. Um, the only difference between mine and Tony's is that I've got Abada in for Haksabanovic, rather than Haksabanovic. We've both predicted Maida to drop out, which actually might be counterintuitive because Ange Postacoglu said himself yesterday that. The reason he picked Maida, apart from obviously we don't know what they'd done if Haksabanovic was fit, um, was that he expected Aberdeen to leave more space yes. in behind. Now there will presumably, even with even with Livingston playing five at the back, there might be more space in behind because it's Parkhead than than there otherwise would have been. So he might double down and stay with Maida. Um, I if Abada hadn't played so well when he came on at Petodri, I would be saying Haksabanovic as well. Yeah. There's a chance he starts both and maybe Jota drops out, but I, I doubt Possibly. that. Um, I just think if you're looking at it in terms of Abada not necessarily starting as much as last year, mm-hmm. if he comes on and plays like that, when else are you going to justify starting him? Yeah. It should probably yeah. be the next game. That said, Haksabanovic, I think, would have started against yes, Aberdeen. So do I. Um, yeah. Therefore, he might just be straight back in now that he's fit again. 
Uh, but just to give a bad a bit of a nod, I thought, right, well, what else could he have done? He should have had an assist because Kyogo to put that away. He yeah. could have had a goal himself against Aberdeen as well. So I, I've gone with a bad um, and And again, this, this is where it comes back to, I think we all mentioned the forward three was kind of where we were all struggling to think, right, yeah. where will he change, where will he not? Because there's so many options there still, especially with everybody fit. And I, yeah. I, can, I, I said in my predicted kind of write-up that I'll put the... Uh, I think I did put it in the, the group, did I? I'll put it in if I didn't in the in the comments. Um I said it's gonna be one of those games where I feel as if he'll either change about half the team or he'll only change one. I don't think you'll have like two or three changes. I think it'll be like five or six or one. Yeah. And uh, so I've I've gone with one on the basis that I don't think he's really gonna change the defence. Um so have I on the basis that they also gotta be professional and need results and it's not the time to be tinkering with the team, in my opinion. And I think the defence and the midfield stay as is because mm-hmm. I thought Celtic, like the manager, I agreed Celtic were completely dominant on Saturday. It didn't manifest itself in terms of goals, but mm-hmm. I thought in terms of the performance and the result, they got what was required. It ticked both boxes and the manager was quite pleased about that. So I know it took a late goal, but they were still mm-hmm. a travesty. had Celtic not won. So... I'm looking for that same kind of dominant performance, only this time to be a wee bit more clinical and get, as you say, the two and three goals that you usually get if Livingston mm-hmm. don't keep a clean sheet. Mark, are you coming in here with a, a, a team lineup, and he's gone for both Yakimakis and Jota eh, and Kyogo, um, presumably meaning Kyogo's got to go wide, but... Um, the other thing I'm going to highlight here is he's got Haksabanovic in the midfield, which he has played before and he played really yeah. well. Uh, yeah. Do you think there's a chance of that? It's always a chance of, of, of that. I, I think it's I think it's unlikely, but I mean there's, there's certainly a chance of that if, if the manager really wants to shake it up. But just going from what he was saying in Saturday's after match comments, I don't think he felt there was too much wrong with Saturday, did he? No, I mean. He did say they should have won by more, which again yeah. was that kind of finishing thing and not taking yeah. chances. But, but beyond that, he seemed to be pretty happy with the way that they went about it when they couldn't break through it first. Um, so, yeah. aye, that that would I suppose that would lend credence to the argument that there's not going to be that many changes. But you never know with Ange. That's, that's the thing. Yeah, you never well, know. You know it's, it's, it's curveball central with Ange at times, isn't it? So that's why I say when we attempt to pick a starting eleven and people pick holes in it and then the manager's gives us thing, you know, so we, we just try and second guess him and it's always good fun, you know, so it's... I'm uh, going to throw uh, two comments up with that in mind. Uh, Tony, first of all, Beach Boys, perhaps maybe controversially saying that neither Kyogo or Yakimakis deserve to start and that he'd go with Haksabanovic or Maida through the middle. Now, Maida, I think, is probably who you could consider the third the third central striker yeah. at this point, so that is a possibility. I think it would be very harsh not to play either of your centres forwards, though, uh, is what I would say, especially on Yakimakis, because People are saying about his game time from the start rather than 15, 20 minutes, mm. half an hour at the end, half an hour usually. Um, so it would be really harsh to not play Kyogo, but then also not play Yakimakis, I think. I think that would send out the ultimate message to strikers that he won't put up with mm. misfiring in front of goal and missing sitters, wouldn't it? But again, I think it's whilst it's a possibility, I still think it's, it's highly unlikely that he would do that, you know, mm-hmm. because he still talks them up when bigs them up whenever he gets the chance. So, I, I, well, whereas it, again, it's an option. I just don't think he'll uh-huh. do it. On the subject of Kyogo and and, and Yakimakis and starters minutes and all that, I was actually I collected a wee bit of 
Uh, we, we, some statistics, Tony, the other day with intention of writing a newsletter. I've not got around to it yet, but I do have some of them in front of me. And it's it was just based off a few of the comments on Monday about the fact that Yakimakis <laughs> maybe does better when he starts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's quite hard to compare them because there's such a disparity. Kyogo starts a lot more than Yakimakis yeah. starts. But they both score a lot when they start, that's the thing. Um, so I suppose at some point it becomes like the old goat debate and different things. It, it becomes a bit splitting hairs at some point. Like you need yeah. to start looking for certain faults and gaps and different things and who offers more or that kind of stuff. And I think that's where Kyogo does still get the nod. But in terms of statistics, this is just this isn't XG or anything or underlying statistics. That would be in the newsletter part as well. But just in general terms, Jackamakis has got twenty five goals in fifty two games total, right? Compared to Kyogo's 31 and 54, which is on the face of it a lot better. But in terms of minutes played, Yakimakis has only played the equivalent of 29 full 90s. All right. Okay. Uh, Kyogo's played the equivalent of 40 full 90s. So both of them are still really, really good. That's really good statistics. Um, but in starts alone, right, Kyogo's got 30 goals and 46 starts and only one goal and eight sub appearances, Tony. Whereas Yakimakis has got 19 goals and 22 starts. And six goals and 30 sub appearances. But the thing is, with the sub appearances, it's hard to compare because Kyogo doesn't, he's not a sub. So to mm-hmm. say he's got one and eight isn't really, it's not yes. like saying he's not effective as a sub because you don't know unless you start Yakimakis for a run, a run of games and Kyogo's got to play the subs role consistently. Do you know what I mean? Sure. But just in terms of starts, the way that people were saying, oh, well, if Yakimakis starts, he scores, mm-hmm. Kyogo should maybe be switching roles or that kind of thing. I thought I'd look into it. I've not finished looking into it yet, but that's the kind of raw, that's the raw stuff. It might be, it might be a newsletter in your inboxes in the next couple of days. Put it that way. Sounds uh, good to me, Sean. Sounds sounds a uh, very newsletter esque. <laughs> put it that way. Uh, uh, the other comment I was going to pop Tony for you would it was uh, Max Stark saying he wouldn't be surprised if James Forrest oh, started oh, that's, tonight. That's so, funny because I did consider Forrest when I was looking at the the options up front and. He seems to like Forrest, and Forrest seems to turn up against Livingston, doesn't he? That's really. He announced his uh, his demise. Well, as the way I put it in my post match thing was his reports of his demise were greatly exaggerated because yeah. he played against Livingston last year, key game, and some injuries. That's why he kind of started. You know, that's why he started. But him and Neil Beaton, the two veterans, really stepped mm-hmm. up in that game. Broke the Almondville curse. Forrest kind of won a few a few plaudits again for the first time in a while. Um, and I, 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 I don't disagree. I think that there is a chance it starts. But this is just where I come back to again. The forward line. There's there's so many players there that want game time. Mm. And we've always said that if Forrest plays, he still has a valid contribution to make. Mm-hmm. It's a fit James Forrest is still a, an attribute, in my opinion. Aye, same. I mean, I, I mean, I, I said that at the, when, he, when he signed his new contract, there's a lot of well, why is it why is it that length of deal? Why is he even getting one or that? And my whole point the whole time, and even back going back to that Livingston game and, and earlier last year when he scored against St Johnston and stuff, yeah. was always, as long as you're not relying on him to be your first choice starter three times a week and you're only really needing him to contribute now and again and lend that, that kind of experience and maybe pop up with a couple of goals now and again, pivotal goals, um, then I, d- I don't see an issue with having James Forrest yeah. kicking about because he still yeah. can contribute in that manner. It's only when you're expecting him to be playing three times a week that maybe problems will start kicking in. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see him start. I don't think he will, but I wouldn't surprise me to see him uh, feature at some mm-hmm. point in the match uh, tonight. I, I've got to be honest, because uh, as I say, I, I like James Forrest. I think he's a, a valuable yeah. contributor. Uh, good stuff, Sean, indeed. But 
I like you. You've got a badder. I've got Haksabanovic. That's the the difference between our teams. I still think Yogo and Jota, and I, and I thought Jota was a bit off the boil on on Saturday. I struggled um, to really impose himself on it in the way that he also, usually does. I. Yeah, and but again, it's it's one bad game and and what you know and a lot. Let's put it that way for Jota. So we we can he can get the benefit of the doubt on that one. Uh, get a comment from Patrick McLaughlin here. Hard to believe Celtic have scored 200 goals in, in Angie's 18 months with all these striking <laughs> issues, isn't it? Um, on that note, I did another newsletter on was it Tuesday. Um, I'll yep. put the link in the, in the comments. Just basically, like someone had asked on Twitter, um, would, would I be able to break down the composition of the, the kind of 200 goals in terms of how many were from open play, how many were from corners, how many were from free kicks, indirect free kicks, penalties, own goals, all that kind of stuff. So I did that for a newsletter, just kind of breaking all that down and then breaking it down by competition as well. So how many from the Premiership were open play, set pieces, all that kind of stuff. And then who top scored in each of the competitions out of the 200. So unsurprisingly, Kyogo, for the majority of the competitions, it was him. Um, although, interestingly, Scottish Cup, Yakimakis, uh, I think four of, the, four of the 10 goals that they've scored under Ange in the Scottish Cup were Yakimakis. So take from that what you will, because he starts in the Scottish Cup is what I would say, but... And uh, I get back to it, uh, I was uh, I did laugh at Angie's comment when he was asked about scoring two hundred goals. And I asked, "What does that say about your team?" And he said, "We scored goals." That we scored goals, yeah. <laughs> he's uh, quite deadpan. And speaking of the manager, Sean, mm-hmm. he came out yesterday and he had a couple of things to get off his chest, didn't he? I felt in terms of uh, his his press conference yesterday, yeah. the main one being he, he spoke about. Spoke about both Celtic and Rangers having uh, different styles and they were different teams, and but they get lumped in together. And I think it didn't matter what question was going to be asked; he, he was going to say that at some point mm-hmm. yesterday. He, he had it prepared in his head, and he got that message out there about the two of them being lumped in together as Glasgow opposition and the top two, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Do, do you agree with what he said? Do you think he's right to point that out? And uh-huh. I I think you, you do hear that a lot in general from 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 most yeah. quarters. We're probably guilty of it ourselves as well because the first when I look at an opposition, if they've played Rangers recently, I kind of look at that and say, right, well, there's a good chance that they're going to set up in a similar way. That's based on the fact that kind of going to what I'm supposed to quickly say that they do kind of consider it a an almost a, a, a conflation. With, uh, if yeah. I need to play like this against Rangers, and that's probably how I'm going to need to play against Celtic. But he's right. He, of course, he's right that the teams play differently. They've got different identities. They've got different styles. Different managers. Different players. Fundamentally, um, the the two teams in the league that are going to attack the most. I think that goes without saying. Which lends maybe uh, some credence to what the, the other managers would say in terms of in general. It's going to be one of those games where we're not going to have the ball even more than usual. That kind of thing. But overall, no, I think I think it was right. Um, I think it was it was fair enough to point it out. Uh, because fundamentally it's true. He was keen to stress the identity of both teams, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. They, they, they were completely different and, you know, when you're playing Celtic, it's a different game from when you played Rangers and I think what, one of the questions was, and he said the Aberdeen game was a was a case in point. Uh, it, was, it, was a good, it was a good kind of base to start from. And uh, I think he kind of made a point respectfully, didn't he? Without mm-hmm. actually... You know, go, going overboard about it. I think it was quite subtle the way he did it. It was quite clever, and like everything else, Sean, I uh, I'm a big advocate 
whenever I uh, come on this pod and I say, you have to listen to what he's saying mm-hmm. and really listen closely and kind of get the the messages and, and decipher them for yourself in terms of what 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 he means, you know. Uh, to be fair, I mean, it did kind of. It wasn't a a, a, sh- a shot across the bow or anything like that. No, just, no, no. It was just an observation, and he did say they might say that they might when they're talking conflate the two. Yeah. But he said he doesn't actually think that they think that when it comes to yes. preparing for that game. It's not as if they prepared the same way, as if it's going to be the same players. He did say that that's not what he thinks happens. Just it's easy to fall into that kind of narrative of, well, playing one of those two rather than I'm playing that one of those two. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but what I found interesting was that he was saying that it's from his perspective coming into Scottish football and that obdurate mm-hmm. eye that I've always spoken about, mm-hmm. he was saying this is what I've, I've noticed or observed. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a criticism, these are observations. And he said, you know, guys in the media are guilty of it sometimes, other managers, but this is what uh, I'm seeing on, and I'm hearing, you know. So I was uh, that, I uh, that, that, that turn of phrase that he said that it's almost like it's an excursion to Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. That kind of changed, but that changed when because you, how often do you hear that 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 kind of that roughly that phrase? Or you know what you're expecting when you go to Glasgow, rather than you know what you expect when you go to Parkhead. Yeah. Or you know what you expect when you go to Abbots, that no, kind of thing. Yeah. So that kind of change because that is that's football, Scottish football speak. That's. That yes. all the time that, and I don't, I, I do agree with him. I don't think they actually mean anything by it. Particularly, it's just that's yeah. that's just such a narrative that that, that right raises itself and that, again. But and you make that point and you make it well that that's uh, that's the, that all comes back to what I'm saying about listening. Mm-hmm. He did say I don't necessarily think that they think like that, mm-hmm. but they say it. And you know, some people might have missed that Aye. in the vortex of what he was saying. So you have to really listen to to what he's saying, and I and I'll I'll keep banging on about that. Until, until he leaves the building, you know, and listen to what he's saying, and don't be up in arms because most of the time he speaks a lot of sense. If yeah. you if you take time out to listen, uh, there's a couple of comments coming in in relation to that comment in terms of the way Aberdeen played on Saturday and then played again last night. Yeah. Um, Max starts comment saying he's right. You could see it from Saturday and last night. Aberdeen came out and played a bit more against Rangers, whereas they shut up shop against Celtic. The difference is t- teams fear us. Now I disagree with that, Tony. I think they played exactly the same way at the start. It was just that Rangers scored sooner. Yes, um, and therefore you've you've no option. You can't sit for a nil nil when it's one nil to the opposition. I think that that is it, the difference is as, as simple as that. I don't think it was anything other than that. But what it did say, and it would have said to Don's fans, was you never know what would have happened if they actually did try and attack against Celtic. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the other day before that game that I've I keep bringing up the clean sheets. If I were if I were Aberdeen, I'd have been looking at it and going, they don't really keep clean sheets all that often this season so far. We do well at Pataudry. Why would we not have a go? They obviously went the opposite way, which was good for Celtic in a way because it meant there was nothing to deal with at the back. Um, bad in another way because it meant it was harder to break down. But I do think that was the only difference uh, between that last night and, and Saturday was that Rangers scored early. If Celtic had scored early, Aberdeen couldn't have sat in the way that they sat in yes. for the rest of that game. And I think that goes for a lot of teams in Scottish football. We sat here most of the, the start of last season when Ange Ball was just kind of getting up and running. And you could see how big a difference an early goal made to Celtic at that point because yeah. teams had to come out a wee bit more. Um, and it, it's changed only in the sense that Celtic have got smarter and more uh, robust and, and actually breaking people down. But it's still probably a trend that if Celtic scored early, the number could be limitless at some, at some point. You see the benefits of Celtic's play and the way they attack a game. Mm-hmm. If they do score early, if they don't, 
it's not they, they still play their brand of football as Ange calls it our brand of football yeah and, and they don't panic but you can see an early goal relaxes on the floor there's a rhythm there and as you see then you start saying okay how many are they going to score or mm-hmm. are they in the mood to score x amount of goals but uh, wow. goals, that's why a lot of Celtic supporters can breathe easy when they score early Sean I like to think they well, that's the thing. I mean, when Celtic are so good at scoring late goals as well, you've obviously got that belief, and it's not yeah. a coincidence that if it happens often enough, it's it's one of those things. Uh, but nonetheless, I think an early goal does, in in various ways, whether it's settling nerves of the fans or whether it's opening the kind of opening the floodgates for the players on the park. I think it does still make a difference, uh, despite the fact that they've got every belief that they will score in the end eventually. Anyway, yeah, indeed, I I totally agree with that. Yes. Prediction time, Sean. Are we having a go oh, for there? Or... Eh? Aye. Are you, Aye, okay. are you going to uh, comments? No, I know. I will. I will throw up more comments. Aye, but um, predictions, predictions, predictions. The thing is, if I go first, I know what you'll pick, right? So I. Oh, you want me to right, go I'm first? Not, I'll, I'll go first, but I've, I'm pretty. I've got a wee note of what I think you'll pick. Okay. Uh, they've actually been doing all right, Livingston. In general, like not mm-hmm. just against Celtic. In fact, Celtic are the only team to have beaten them in their last six games. Uh, six, six, but have a game in hand on Hearts in fourth and two in Aberdeen in third. So they're going really well. That said, from what I, I mentioned earlier on about the, the three nil nil draws in seven games, but the other games tend to be fairly one sided. I'm going to go the one sided route, I think, on this occasion. And I think they will try and lock it up at the back, but I think. Particularly if there's an early goal, Celtic will come away with a couple because it's at Parkhead. So I'm going to go 3 0. Uh, some goals this time, taking more of their chances, and then another clean sheet as well, Tony. Before you even opened your mouth, I had 4 0. <laughs> and it's not because Tenerife 11 or I genuinely had 4 0. One of the commenters flicked up 4 0, and I was going to flick it up. So not because you've gone 3 0, but I do think Celtic will win. Four now, Kevin Ferrier. I saw that. That was the one that I was drawn to. So I'll say four, but not because it's one more than you. I, I don't. I'm not wanting to get into that habit, but I just feel mm-hmm. that Celtic will, as you say, I think they'll make home advantage. Till they'll get an early goal, they'll relax and they'll, they'll play their football. And I, and I think they could. Because uh, I thought they coped with them very easily at Almondvale earlier in the season. Yeah. And I think they'll see a, a repeat of that. And I just think. Whoever plays in the striking role, I think they'll be determined to make a wee point as well. And I think if Haxabanovich plays, they can, you know, I think they can offer a wee bit more too. So Patrick's nil. always a turbo charge, Tony Haggerty prediction, isn't he? If, if I go 3 0, you go 4 0, Patrick will go 6 or 7. That's, uh, that's, that's what I've learned from the comments. Yeah, indeed, yes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, and that's not being blase or dismissing the threat of Livingston, because I. You're always wary of the threat, the threat that Livingston bring, mm-hmm. and if Livingston score first, then you could be in for a, a hell of a night. And uh, there's nothing to suggest that they won't score first because it's just the way they play. They try and, and I, I say I, I think they're always well organised, they're well disciplined, they're well drilled, and they have had results against Celtic in the past. So I'm not totally ruling that out per se. He says after predicting for now, but <laughs> on the on the subject of a team sitting back and stuff. Uh, James Daly's latest column I'll put in the, the comments as well just now but he's yes. uh, off the back of the Aberdeen performance he kind of looked at parking the bus in general and basically how far you can justify 
pardon me, those tactics against Celtic, but also to to what extent it suits Celtic if a team does that, uh, which is quite an interesting read. And there's a there's a section in it entitled "Not All Buses Are Created Equal," which was quite funny. So, I <laughs> uh, that, that that's a good read if you you want to go on that. But I don't expect anything different from Livingston the night. Uh, but I do think that I just I think at Parkhead it's a different proposition to park that bus. Yeah, I, I, I think so as well. And I, I just think I just think the home advantage tells Celtic do have the space to cap teams open and they have the players, they have the personnel and I think that's that's one of those situations where I don't say teams fear playing against Celtic but they're more wary when they mm-hmm. come to Celtic Park and they play the way they some do. Some teams must. I mean, some teams probably do. Um, I suppose, I don't want to keep beating the Aberdeen thing, right? But on Saturday, I suppose it goes back to the same, the way that you want to come across to your players more than anything else in terms of Celtic going into Europe, Aberdeen going to, or Aberdeen uh, playing Celtic. Is there that much of a difference in terms of uh, in terms of what your expectation is? Celtic playing Real Madrid versus Aberdeen versus Celtic? I don't, I don't think, I think you could make at least some sort of comparison on the surface level. But the difference is what Ange Postecoglou was saying getting into these Champions League games was if he's telling them to play a certain way 99% of the time and then yeah. when you come up against someone who is perceived or it just is better than you and you talk, you get into the changing room and you say, listen lads, I want you to sit in the 18-yard line today even though we've been camped in the opposition half and try to play our own fit by the rest yeah. of the time. What can your players take from that except that he doesn't believe that we're good enough to play what he's been telling us to play the rest of the time? And that... that to a certain extent, that must have been what the Aberdeen players thought on Saturday. We're not yeah. good enough to play that way, even at Pataudry, even when we're playing well, even when Celtic are conceding goals. Well, um, yeah, so that, that's, mm-hmm. that's just yeah. where it comes back to the identity, Tony. That's, yeah, um, the one thing I said, he's no. not going to wrap that manual up, is he? He's not going to say he's players. No, no. Uh, Some managers will, though. That's, that's, yeah, of course. yeah, that's, that's the thing, and, and, and that's fine. And that goes back to, you know, here's what cliches per se, but Horses for courses, isn't it? These these things yeah. are uh, they're, they're statements for a reason, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Some managers, you know, play like that. Others don't. Others have a rigid system that they stick to. They won't deviate from, and just get a method of playing and he uh, adapts it to all competitions, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. No, it's it's malleable. That's the thing. It's it's not rigid. It's malleable because he changes it up every now and again, and he lets you know why. And I thought it was quite interesting. You mentioned it earlier, but I was quite intrigued by that substitution on Saturday. Maida for a, a badder for Maida. I'm, I'm glad he let us know because it then it expands your own knowledge, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. When you were looking on Saturday and you thought it's it's not happening for Maida, yet it just seemed to happen instantaneously for a badder, didn't it? Mm-hmm. When he came on. So you, again, I go back to it. You listen to what he's saying. You gain knowledge. So... I'm gaining a lot of knowledge, Sean. He is, he is, as I've said before, he is putting four gallon in a two gallon head. I'm retaining, <laughs> I'm retaining enough to expand my football knowledge. You know, so. It's, um, uh, sorry, I'm just I'm noticing a, a comment here from Pat O, which is bringing up something that yeah. I actually wrote about um, Tony, uh, which is footballer uh, um, Nasir Azadani, uh, an Iranian footballer sentenced to death for taking part in a demonstration supporting women's rights and other freedoms and. Uh, in Iran, and uh, I don't know if they did put it up on the website, but I, I actually submitted an article to the Herald about that, Tony, you did. Uh, taking on the fact that he was a, a teammate of Anthony Stokes while he was playing for Tractor SC over in Iran, uh, also of Lee Irwin, he used to play for Ross County Motherwell, 
Um, and Mark Crossas, former Celtic player, had commented on it and commented on FIFA's silence over the whole thing in comparison to perhaps Ukraine, the fact that they're in Qatar, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if they did put it up on the Herald website, but if they did, I'll try and find a link and put it up. But Pat is just kind of drawing attention to that, that, is, that he is still sentenced to death. FIFA Pro um, asked for that punishment to be reversed uh, or rescinded. So did uh, PFA Scotland, they, they voiced their support. FIFA, as as of just now, are still being silent on the matter. But Pat just kind of drawn some attention to that, so I thought I'd, uh, I thought I'd flung up because I, I wrote something on it. No, I'm quite right, and it's a wonderful article if you can get the herald. Hopefully it's on the website, and if you read it, guys, it's it's a terrific piece of writing. I even applauded you on the message. <laughs> it's a private DM and said that was excellent, and uh, you get the chance to read it. Indeed, it's uh, mm-hmm. very important that you flag up these kind of things as well, Sean, and yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they need FIFA involvement in this. They, this has to be commuted to something. Uh, other than the death penalty, because it, it's scandalous. But there uh, was uh, there was two. I mentioned it in a piece, but there was two other uh, former Iranian footballers um, that got arrested and sentenced during these protests as well, and theirs did get overturned and, and released on bail. So the hope is that's that's what happens in this case. Um, but yeah. then again, there's been examples of, for instance, a professional wrestler getting uh, publicly hanged. So that is the that that's currently what awaits Nasir Azadani. So. Yeah, we hope we hope they gets the the outcome that the other two got. Here's uh, hoping something happens with that. But the more you highlight it, the more people can get involved in it, Sean. So mm-hmm. thanks for bringing that up, and thanks Pat O for bringing that to our attention as well. But as I say, Sean has already written something about that and, and put it out there. So good on Sean and good on Pat O. Yep, um, I think, I mean, that, that's obviously nothing to do with the Celtic game tonight, apart from he was asking, yes. would, would it be mentioned at the game particularly, but um, yep, uh, anything else to add, Tony? We've done my prediction, I didn't get a prediction from Aidan, um, but 3-0 for me, 4-0 for you, so we'll assume Aidan was going 5. Yeah, okay, well, he's <laughs> the goal anyway, isn't he? His predictions yeah. are turning to gold, so we may as well just start it, we'll, and we'll... We'll give him 5-0 by proxy, you know, so uh, <laughs> see what he says to that. But yes, indeed. But no, let's uh, we shall reconvene tomorrow and we'll pour over the mm-hmm. the details of Celtic Livingston. Celtic looking to re-establish their nine-point lead at the top of the Scottish Premiership. It's been cut to six. Yep. But yes, it's uh, Celtic at home. There's always a good a good bet and a good chance, not going to say a good bet, they'll always be very small odds, but a yep. good chance to win, Sean, if they... If Anne, if they do what Anne says and bring our brand of football to the table, then you can see can't see anything other than a Celtic win, can you? No, that's um, Kevin Ferris and Aidan the tipster. I, I kind of wish I did get his tip before I gave my my, my score as well, but nah, uh, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think Parkhead different proposition, uh, and I'm obviously hoping for the the goals and the clean sheet and the performance and the results. <laughs> That's four, bo- that's four boxes you're, yeah. you're making up two boxes there Sean I think indeed <laughs> No, uh, yeah and I think the manager will be the same performance and the results always the, the big two that he talks about but I'm with you, you, you won't let me start keeping regular clean sheets don't you yeah yeah. and uh, and obviously uh, getting their eye in again when, when it comes to goals but if they continue to win there's nothing anybody else can do about it Sean spot on Spot on. That's a great way to end it, I think, because that is spot on. Indeed. And just, again, we'll draw your attention to our Merry Christmas festive deal. And you know what I'm going to say. You hit the button, 
www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe and you can enjoy 25% off the yearly rate for a limited time only or if you hit the button you can enjoy two months of unlimited access to the website everything that's written on there for just a pound so you pick your own deal and thank you to everybody that's subscribed to Sean said at the start program the Black Friday deal took advantage of the Merry Christmas deal and everybody that just subscribes in general we thank you very much we love the community that we've built here we love the comments we love the interaction we hope you guys enjoy it too on a daily basis yep. but just hit a button that's all you have to do www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe pick your own deal it's running for the whole of December take advantage of it guys and thanks a lot Sean first class thanks for your contribution today always enjoy it thank you guys for the comments take care we'll see you tomorrow cheers Tony cheers Trips.